Welcome. You're listening to another edition of Paid, where we share the path God has guided us in our everyday lives. Your host, Jessica, invites you to discover how God is working in your present day. Hey there, this is Jessica with Paved. We are here with Erin Harrigan today as she shares us her story. She is a coach that helps women in their business to follow Jesus and both their goals in life. And so we're here today to listen to her story and I'll send it over to you, Erin. Oh, well, Jess, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be part of this with you. So as Jess said, I am a coach. I mainly work with ambitious women of faith who really have had success. They kind of hit this wall, like something is still missing. It's not fulfilling. They tend to be overwhelmed by the burden of self-reliance, trying to do everything themselves. And they're overachievers, which that is me. I am an overachiever. So we think that, well, I just have to do more and do more and do more. And that's really what the world would tell us why we, we haven't reached the next goal or we haven't done enough or whatever, but to take it back, I'm the oldest of four to a single mom. We grew up in and out of poverty. And so money became an idol for me at a very young age because we didn't have any. And so growing up, I was the responsible one. My siblings are four, five, and seven years younger than me. So we were very different. I hesitate to say generations, but we just were very different peer groups. Right. So I was always the responsible one and the independent one. And, but I knew that I was going to have to make a different way to create a different outcome for my life. So went to school, got, got the degree, got the job and started to work up this corporate ladder because I was so independent, responsible as a young child and, you know, through my teens, et cetera, I became really good at thinking I had to do everything myself. There's a famous saying in the world that says, if it is to be, it's up to me. And in part, that's true because no one can do the work for us. We have to still do work. But as I became a driver, striver and achievement chaser, going up that corporate ladder, and then later starting my own network marketing business to have some different freedoms, I was still really thriving in the striving. Oh, that's, that's a new one that just came to me. So as I was thriving in the striving, I would get very overwhelmed because I was taking it all on myself. I was constantly overachieving because I thought, well, I reached that goal. Now I got to go for the next goal. And then I got to go for the next goal. There was never any celebration of the goals. There was never any rest in that because I believed somehow that if I stopped, everything would fall apart. So fast forward, I'm married. I have two kids. They're now adults. But in 2014, I hit a wall. I had had great success in my corporate life of 25 years. I was the primary breadwinner. I was traveling all the time. We lived in a big, beautiful house. And then I transitioned all of that tenacity and make it happen attitude toward my network marketing business. And I had great success. But In 2014, when I hit this wall, I kind of woke up one day and I was like, is this it? I don't feel fulfilled and I'm never fully fulfilled because I'm always working toward the next thing. And I was continuing to fill this hole at the time. I didn't know that the hole was actually a Jesus shaped hole, but that I was trying to fill it with money and stuff and the car and the house and the things and the achievements and the titles and the promotions, because I thought if I just got the next thing, it would make me feel better. 
2014, I had a conversation with a mentor. I fondly call her the velvet hammer in my book. And she led me to Jesus that day. And what she told me is I didn't know who I was or whose I was because I had wrapped my identity in my achievement. And so therefore, maybe you all can appreciate this. When things are going great in my business, I was on top of the world. But when things were not happening, I was in the gutter and there was no in between. And that's because I was putting all of my hope and my faith in this idol of money and achievement. I actually was making my business and my achievements, my saviors. And I had a lot of pride around that because I didn't want people to know that my business wasn't working. I didn't want people to know that we were head over heels in debt. I didn't want people to know that I couldn't handle it because I had always been the independent strong one. So what began to happen is God started to pave the way. I love the name of this series that you're doing because we think we know all the plans. We want to be the cartographer. We want to follow our own directions. But when we begin to realize that we have a good, good father who created us and he created us in very specific ways for very specific purposes that he gave us very specific talents and gifts to walk out an assignment that he's given us, it begins to do a couple of things. I call it the four keys. And the first key is define. When we learn that only he defines us, he defines who we are and the work we should be doing and the relationships that we have and what success looks like, not just in business, but in life, then we can take the pressure off of trying to find the next thing to continue to define who we are. We no longer are anchored to the world's definitions of who we are and the roles and the titles that we hold. And when we begin to do that, that unlocks the chains of overwhelm because we're no longer defined by those achievements. And it begins to unlock the chains of overachievement because we no longer have to do, 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 do so much to prove our worth because we are his. The second key is direct. And that's all about paving our own way versus giving him the wheel, like literally the Carrie Underwood song, Jesus Take the Wheel. When we know that he has a plan in place for us, And that if we would stop and make time in our day to listen to him and to seek him first, then we begin to understand that he's the one that directs us because many places in scripture, it tells us that we can make all the plans in the world, but he's the one that directs the steps. We begin to release our tight white knuckled grip on things having to go our way and plans having to turn out the way we want them. And relationships working the way that we specify they have to work or outcomes in our business coming to fruition the way we want them to in the time that we want them to. And when we embrace that key of letting him direct us, it continues to unlock us from those chains of overwhelm and overachievement because those two things define and direct open the doors of clarity. We know who we are and whose we are. And we know that we're made on purpose for a purpose. And they begin to unlock the door of serenity, which says, I am calm and peaceful and untroubled and unruffled as I go about life and I go about work and I go about business. It doesn't mean we won't have trouble, but we know that we don't have to handle it all by ourselves and that he always has a way out for us. The third key is discipline, because here's the deal, my friends, all of that sounds great. And God does all of that for us. 
but we still have to put feet to our faith. We still have to take action. James says that faith without works is dead. And it's not about doing works for the sake of like trying to get into heaven or trying to get God to love us. It's about, do we have enough trust to take the action that God has given us to take? But what often happens is that we're inconsistent in our actions. So we're not disciplined. And that key of discipline is about establishing a daily mode of operation, if you will. What am I working on today? And are these things on my to-do list moving my mission forward? Whether you're a mom or a dad, or you work in a corporate life, or you have your own business, like are the things in my day really the most important tasks that have to get done? And am I disciplined in starting and ending my day and speaking to the Lord throughout the day? If we can be disciplined in that, then we can put into action what he's given us to do. And we're no longer defined again by how much we get done. I have a post-it note I'm looking at on my on my um, lab, bigger screen and it says, am I being productive or just busy? Because see, we like to define ourselves by the to-do list and how much we get done. I mean, I don't know about you all, but I'm a to-do list maker. And if I do something that's not on the list, I actually write it on the list so I can check it off. I know a little psycho, right? (laughs) But being disciplined is really embracing what has to get done that moves my purpose, my mission forward today. And am I disciplined in offering up my day morning and night to him and coming to him in gratitude and thankfulness over all that he's doing, even, and especially when it doesn't look the way that we planned. The last key is develop. And this Develop peace is so important because we have to walk out our faith. We have to walk out our salvation. We don't just, you know, come to accept Jesus and like, boom, we're done. And it's great because if that were the case, he would take us to heaven right then, right? We live in a fallen world. We're imperfect on the side of heaven, but he gives us the opportunity to develop. Sometimes that means he's pruning us as it talks about in John 15, And sometimes that means that he prunes away, not just the dead branches, but the branches that are actually being fruitful. Why? So that they can produce more fruit. So development means we're not resting on our laurels. We're not resting on what's always worked. We're staying focused on him at the center of our life and our business, but we're taking what we're learning along the way and we're putting it back in just like a closed loop system in business. We define what we're going to do. We put a plan in place, we execute it. And what we learn goes back in so that the next time we're continuing to do it better. And that's what this development key is all about. When we are allowing him to define and direct us, and then we put that into discipline, we're going to learn a lot about ourselves. And that's going to continue to grow us, not just in our faith and our relationship with him, but who we are as people, how we show up in our relationships. So how I came to all of this was really being a driver, striver, and achievement chaser my whole life, hitting a wall on my way to the top, if you will. And I like to describe it like Jesus said, hang on a second. You're obviously lost. Why don't you hold the map, which is his Bible, and I'll drive for a while. (laughs) And uh, going through that experience myself has made a tremendous impact on my marriage 
um, because I'm no longer putting self-sufficiency and self-reliance first. I'm actually in partnership with my husband in life and even guiding the way for my daughters that yes, you can be an independent and responsible woman and God has purpose for you. So listen to him and seek him before you're taking that next action. I can say that I feel like I'm not sort of the high, strung, high maintenance woman that I was back before I found the Lord in 2014. And I like to think that I've mellowed, but not in a way that I'm just like sitting on the couch, binging Netflix, eating bonbons, right? (laughs) I've just mellowed from the standpoint that it's not all up to me. It's up to he. And those foundational verses for me that John 15, four and five has really been the foundation because he is the vine and we are the branches without the vine. We don't even exist. And with the vine, all of our nourishment comes from there where he guides, he provides. And as he's providing, that means that truly without him, we can do nothing. We think that we can do a lot on our own and he's empowered us to do some things on our own, but really being connected to the vine is so critical to living out and working out what he's given us to do. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you mind if I ask some questions? Please. I just kept talking. So please, (laughs) I'm going to shut up now. Okay. Well, you're going to talk some more. Um, So when, what situations were you in that led you up to this wall? And what did you, when did you realize that you were at this wall, that something needed to change? I was always going, going, going. And there was a point in my business. So I had started my network marketing business in 2010 and I rose really quickly to the third of four levels. I had the company car, it's making great money. Two things happened in 2012. So two years into that business, I was let go from my corporate job, various and sundry reasons, but that was a big blow to my ego. It took me a while to figure that out. But because I was the corporate executive and I was making all this money, that was clearly my identity. So that started to unravel around the time that I was let go from that job. But in the subsequent two years, up till I found Jesus in 2014, I found myself in a place where financially we were very much struggling. My network marketing business had not replaced my corporate income, but we were continuing to spend like we were. And when I woke up that day, we were reeling in debt. I had been pushing, pushing, pushing in my business. And when I say pushing, I mean, like, sorry, if you were one of these people, like stalking people to come do business with me and buy my product and be in my team and all of these things. And I was exhausted. I was exhausted from hiding the fact that we were in such massive debt. I was exhausted from constantly like 24 seven thinking about my business and probably, um, 27 thinking I was working on it, ticking people off all along the way because they, they like, didn't want to hear from me anymore about this business. Right. And so those two things happened, the blow to my ego of losing my job and then waking up just exhausted and overwhelmed that day in 2014, not knowing that there would be a way out. And I felt like, everything that I'm striving for, like, why am I not happy? Why, why am I not happy that I have this car? Why am I not happy that I have this house? You know, why am I not happy that I have this title? 
And it was coming face to face with that, that day that I reached out to my mentor and I said, I'm in a really dark place and I don't know how to get out of it. I must be doing something wrong. And that was the realization that led me to reach out to her. Was there something she said that made the light bulb switch? There were two things she said. Number one, it's not what you make. It's what you spend. I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't like to think of myself as one of those people way long ago. You may remember this. There used to be before there were memes. There was kind of this joke that said, I can't be overdrawn. I still have checks in my checkbook. Right? <laughs> I don't know if anybody remembers that. So I, I don't really like to think of myself as that person. Um, but when she said that, that was the first light bulb. When she said, it's not what you make, it's what you spend. And I was like, oh, okay. So that kind of opened the door to, there has to be a better way to steward and manage the money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second light bulb that went off is when she said, you don't know who you are or whose you are. And when she said that, I, I remember I was sitting on my porch and I kind of sat back in the chair. We were on the phone and I thought, what do you mean? Whose I am? That was a light bulb moment because I knew God, but I didn't have a relationship, an intimate personal relationship with Jesus. To me, Jesus was sort of like this new age universe, um, law of attraction, And like this guy, the son of God. Okay. Woo. Um, so when she said, I didn't know whose I was, I was very, that, that just the light bulb went off that I was like, Whoa, what, what it, it literally stopped me in my tracks, which then led to the next piece of the conversation. So what did she mean by whose you are? What she meant by whose was I belong to the, the father who created me. And oh, by the way, I have a savior, a savior who's waiting for me to surrender, a savior who is waiting for me to take my hands off the wheel and let him lead. And when she said, I didn't know whose I was, and I kind of went, huh. Her next question was, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you know that you have a savior who is waiting for you to let him lead you. I was kind of like, Oh, of course I do. But again, it was that mashup. Right. And she said, no, 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 no. I like a personal relationship with him. Like, do you know him? Do you know that he died for you? Do you know that he died to give you eternal life and forgive your sins and all of these things? And that was like, I had grown up Catholic. So like I knew it, (laughs) but I wasn't living it. I hadn't like fully given it over to him. And so I just kind of was like, is like, is she like, is she disciplining me right now? Is she telling me like, (laughs) you've done this wrong, which yes, sort of, but like with love and grace, she was inviting me in to surrender. Yeah. So what happened after the phone call? Two things. One on the phone call, she prayed the prayer of salvation over me. And I said it with her and, you know, admitted I'm a sinner and yes, Jesus, I want you to take over my life. And there's many ways that you can pray that. And, um, so I prayed that prayer, got off the phone and, and I immediately felt relief like, Whoa, wow. (laughs) But the second thing was, okay, 
I checked that box. Now what's next? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so immediately I, I went into this, like, um, I, I had this, uh, I had an immediate voracious hunger to read the Bible and she sent me a Bible and I immediately started like digging into scripture, not knowing where I was going, but just, you know, reading. And she gave me a few recommendations on what to read, but I was very much like, okay, I, I gave, I surrendered. So come on, like, what are you doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. Love is patient. <laughs> Love is patient. And as she said to me a few months later, I said, okay, I've done this. I joined a Bible study. I'm doing this. And she was like, no, no. <laughs> Like, this is a process friend. Like this is going to be happening for the rest of your life. He is molding you. And sometimes it's going to be painful. And sometimes it's going to not, you know, feel good. This is not a checklist, but I am a checklist person. So it, it took a good like four years or so, I would say 2014 to 2018 for me to really embrace that relationship with him and realize that like, I can do what I think I want to do, but he's in charge. So how do you see your relationship with, with it now? Can you describe mm. experiences? Yeah. Yeah. So I, growing up, my mom was a single mom. So my dad really wasn't around. So I didn't have a great relationship with my father. It wasn't abusive. Thank God. He just wasn't available. And so, so often I, I believe we, we bring those father experiences into our relationship with God. And we tend to impose upon him what an earthly father does. Right. And so that can lead to all kinds of things for me that sort of led to, do I believe you're really there? Because my dad wasn't right. So the way I would describe my relationship today is most of the time I am in, in his presence. I start my day that way. If I hit a roadblock during the day or a fogginess or like, I'm um, just like a mental block, I'm literally like over here on my knees praying like, okay, Lord, I, I can't focus. I need your help. So I would, so most of the time I'm reaching out to him first and letting him guide me and giving him my to-do list and saying, not just here's my list, bless it. But like, is this what you want me doing today or lifting up my goals to him? He is my confidant. I'm talking to him all the time. I mean, whether it's out loud or I'm just thinking it, you know, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like restless and not able to go to sleep, I'm talking to him in my head. Like, you know, Lord, I know it. I don't know. If, have you woken me up for a reason, but could you help me go back to sleep? Like <laughs> I'm talking to him as I would be talking to a best friend, really. Most of the time, the other times. So I don't know, maybe it's 70, 30, or he might think it's less than that. Um, I am still really good at doing things on my own. And it's not until something backfires in my face or something sort of falls apart, um, or something doesn't work out or becomes like, I can feel it's like a heavy burden. It then do I go, Oh yeah, I forgot to talk to you about that. Right. And, and he sort of redeems that and not that everything works out sunshine and rainbows, but he redirects me, if you will. So my relationship with him is very much um, a confidant, a, a absolute guide, absolute guide. And just, there's just a level of trust that I know, regardless of what I see, 
He's already out ahead of me. He's working all things together. And if I would just be obedient, (laughs) like he would do amazing things. And I've seen him do it. You know, there's a song by Elevation Church, do it again. And the line goes like, I've seen you move the mountains and I believe you'll do it again. And I have seen what he has delivered us through financially in our marriage and everything. And I believe that he is that father and I'm also imperfect. So there are still times where I am off track and I, I forget that he's still there. Do you ever reflect on these situations and said, well, if, if I hadn't gone through that, then I wouldn't be here where I am today. 100%. We all have things that I believe we regret in life. Like I regret that I didn't ever, you know, live at the beach and work one summer after high school. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I regret that I never had my own apartment. But if I, when I look back, there is not one thing I would change. I wouldn't change getting fired. I wouldn't change, um, you know, the pain of going through that. I wouldn't change the pain of losing the title that I worked hard to get in my network marketing business. I wouldn't change the relationships that I've lost because I'm no longer active in that business. And because those people wanted me to stop mentioning God's name. I wouldn't because you can't be who you are without the experiences that you go through. And adversity is a bridge to your relationship with God, because if you never had adversity, why would you need him? You know, and it's so often that when we think we're at rock bottom or we're down on our knees, that we fail to realize that like, that is the best position to win a battle because you're, you're allowing it to be his battle. And so I don't regret any of it. I absolutely sometimes wish it had gone faster, you know, like our financial crisis, it took us three years to dig out of that. I absolutely wish it had gone faster, but there's such valuable lessons in that and valuable lessons, even that my kids have learned because they saw us go through it. Very beautiful. Now on your, um, your first he is the vine and he is the branches. How did that guide you through? Mm. So I was at a friend's house. We were watching Priscilla Schreier, uh, who's an incredible Bible teacher. And she was doing her um, going beyond live. And we were tuning in. You can tune in from all over. And at the time I had been praying. So this was probably 2017. Um, God had begun to show me in various ways, like conversations I was having with different women who were feeling the way I was feeling like four years before that I was supposed to take what he had taught me and, and teach that right. And, and become a coach and a speaker, et cetera. And so at the time it was 2018, I really was praying because I wanted to know there was a foundational verse that I could lean on as I was doing this work. And even as I was, you know, we were healing our marriage from our financial crisis and so on. And so Priscilla Schreier started to teach and she started to talk about John 15, four and five. And I mean, I'm familiar. I mean, I'm not a Bible scholar, but she started to talk about how this was such a foundational verse for us because being what, when it says abide in me and I, and you, 
Abide means to be enmeshed with, aligned to. It means to be connected to. And for a while, I had been talking about what it meant to be aligned to God's assignment and how we block that um, because we allow distractions to get in our way and we allow we allow the flow of that to get, get in our way. And so it was this incredible visual that she was providing about the vine and us as the branch and that all of our nourishment comes from him and all of our guidance comes from him. And that when we are abiding in him, that supernatural, and I don't mean like woo woo new age things, but that supernatural things happen. And what, what she meant by that was if we are staying connected to Jesus, then, and we're being obedient, like, first of all, his communication is going to come to us. Sometimes it's a song that comes on the radio or someone says something to you and you're like, oh, I was just praying about that. And that's like an affirming message, right? These are the ways that he speaks to us. So if we are abiding, enmeshed with, aligned, connected to the vine, nothing is going to block that communication. And so therefore nothing is going to keep us from him and how he defines us. Nothing's going to keep us from the instruction that he gives us. And if we follow through on that, we will see supernatural things happen. And what, and what she means is things like the connection, you'll be connected to somebody, right? You'll be praying over something and someone will say, oh, I need to connect you to this person. But yet they had no idea that you were praying over that. Or maybe it's the flow of clients or maybe it's income, right? That comes in, or maybe it's a relationship that's restored. Or maybe it's someone that you've been having challenges with and you haven't been able to forgive them. And yet God changes their heart, right? Like the, that's what we mean by the supernatural things. Sometimes it is big things. Like he heals people because he still does that today. And so as she was saying that, I was like, that's what I've been talking about. I've been talking to women about how we block what God has for us because we want to do everything on our own. And we're so distracted by looking around at what everybody else has and being comparison and imposter syndrome and all the things. So that's what it was about those verses that said to me, he is the vine and I'm a branch. If a vine doesn't grow, if you think about a tree, if the tree doesn't grow, there are no branches. And it's rare that a tree is only like, whatever that is. I don't know what that is. Like the body of the tree, the trunk of the tree, like yeah. there are branches. So without him, we, we aren't even, a, we're not only like, you know what I mean? And so that to me was just so eye opening, And that became my foundational verse for the business that I do, um, you know, for my marriage and, for friendships, just all of it, that my nourishment comes from him. And so therefore, before I coach, before I speak, like before I got on here, you know, like, Lord, let me just be your vessel. I am the branch. Let your words flow through me. Let, let me hear what you need me to hear. Um, it all goes back to that abiding concept. Yeah. And that's why we're here doing this is just because, we're hoping that we put this out there and someone's able to listen to it and it helps them through some particular situation that they are struggling with. Um, 
and I want to thank you for coming on here with us and sharing your story. And it's a blessing that you were able to share it with us today, Aaron. It's a blessing that you're doing this. So thank you for being brave to follow that call to do this. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's path. To get an official paid shirt, go to paid.life. And be sure to follow and subscribe on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And we look forward to you finding the path that God has laid for you.